Let us pray. And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. 2 Kings 22.8 Dear Father, I will not allow my age or the maturity of my knowledge in my given space to stop me from relying on you and your word. Give me the heart of King Josiah. Give me the passion and dedication to observe your ways, no matter what I face or what I may be going through. Like the reading in 2 Kings 22 and 2 Chronicles 34, I too am making the decision, I too am making the decision to seek after and to stay in your holy word. I will praise you as I read through the Bible, knowing that between the pages are promises forevermore. Today I will rejoice in what you rejoice in. I will cry over what grieves you, because I now know that the level of my activity is connected to the level of my purity. Therefore realign my sight, fix my focus on you, and give me the strength to tear down any walls that hinder me from living in your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for making prayer a priority in your life. To hear the Bible come to life, stay tuned for The Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com The Word is Found Again in our last story, we learned of the wicked kings Manasseh and Ammon. Their evil knew no limits. They openly sacrificed their own children at the altar of false gods and mocked God himself. They provoked him and beckoned him into conflict. Manasseh learned his lesson, but Ammon did not. Now, out of the evil seed of Manasseh, a redeeming force for good emerges. King Josiah is raised up as a pillar to Judah. His devotion to God and dedication to kindness begins to restore Judah's heart. Inspired by the book of 2 Chronicles and 2 Kings. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hello, this is Jack Graham, and I'm so glad that you've joined us once again for today's episode of The Bible in a Year. In our last reading, we heard how Manasseh lived in wickedness and darkness for years, defying, mocking, blaspheming, angering God with his idolatry and murderous ways. And yet, when he turned back to God in genuine repentance, God showed him mercy and restored Manasseh to a relationship with him. It's a reminder to us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, according to the Scripture. He is always ready to forgive when we turn our hearts to Him. Today, we'll hear about King Josiah, the grandson of Manasseh, who lived as a righteous man, a God-fearing king. Josiah would usher in a new era of prosperity and faithfulness to God in Judah. So, let's now turn to God's Word. One afternoon, little Josiah was playing in the courtyards of the palace. He chased butterflies and pretended to be a mighty warrior. He was a mere boy of eight, filled with laughter and joy. He had no idea that his father was laying in his bed, assassinated, only a few yards away. King Amon's life had ended the night before, along with Josiah's childhood. Later that morning, Josiah was swept away in a flurry of meetings and ceremonies. Before the day had ended, Josiah was crowned king over Judah. Eight-year-old Josiah was now responsible for the entire well-being of God's people. The title of king was daunting for any man, let alone an eight-year-old boy. If Josiah was to lead, he needed aid, not just from counselors and elders, but from God. Josiah leaned on the wisdom of the Lord. In many ways, Josiah was able to maintain a childlike faith towards God because he was a child himself. The pride and lust that gripped most kings' hearts had no effect on him. He was a boy in need of love, and the Lord provided it. Josiah pleased God with all he did. He did not turn to the right or to the left. When Josiah was 16, he began to dive deep into the law and worship of God. He filled his mind with useful philosophy and history. He sat in the presence of the priests and learned about the ways of the Lord. At age 20, Josiah began a purge of all the idols erected by his father. He knew that it was not enough to throw away these idols. He had to make a statement. 
So Josiah chopped down the altars of Baals and ground them into a powder. As a symbol of their demise, he scattered the powder over the graves of dead pagan priests and worshippers. Josiah went from city to city, destroying every idol and false god he could find. He did as his great-grandfather Hezekiah did. He knew that the minds of the people were clouded with those idols. In the eighteenth year of Josiah's reign, he had cleansed the land of all its idols. He sent his governors Shaphan and Maasiah to repair broken parts of the temple. They hired stonemasons and carpenters to repair the shattered altars and broken beams. The plan was to pay all the workers with some of the wealth in the temple. So Hilkiah the priest went deep into the temple to find some of the gold stored down below. This part of the temple was dusty and hidden. Some of the priests had kept it secret while the wicked king Ammon was in power. As Hilkiah was collecting some coin to pay the workers, he stumbled upon a large dusty scroll resting on the edge of an altar. Hilkiah's eyes were fixed on it and drawn to it. He walked slowly towards it and loosened the bindings gently. The scroll was old and had collected a large amount of dust. As Hilkiah scanned the scroll's contents, his eyes lit up. Hilkiah rolled up the scroll and ran up to Shaphan. I have found it, Hilkiah yelled. I have found the book of the law written by Moses. The entire sanctuary erupted in gasps and applause. The scroll had been lost and forgotten for a long time. In it was documentation of the covenant between God and Israel in the wilderness. It was one of the original documents preserved from Moses, and a precious reminder of God's love for his chosen people. Shaphan brought the scroll to the king. Together they read it in its entirety. Josiah's eyes glared at the pages with curiosity and amazement. For decades the people had been without this specific document. Josiah could hardly help but cry. Shaphan looked at Josiah as he wept. At first, he thought they were tears of joy, but soon realized they were tears of sorrow. What troubles the king? Shaphan asked. Isn't this a happy thing? Josiah shook his head. He placed his hand on the written word and said, This book speaks of promises unkept. The king looked at the governor intensely. Our fathers made a covenant with God, a covenant that God was faithful to keep, However, our fathers from Jerusalem to Samaria have done nothing but disobey him. Josiah slid his fingers across the words. He was troubled by Judah and Israel's departure from God. We must repent before wrath comes upon us. Lord knows we would deserve it. Quick, go find someone in the land that can hear the voice of God. We must have clarity. So Shaphan left in search of a prophet. Days had passed and Josiah's anxiety had increased. He wrestled in his heart regarding Judah's future. He loved his country, but he also knew that they had strayed from God far too many times to go without consequence. If God would not punish them, certainly he would at least allow for their past sins to catch up to them. As Josiah paced in his chambers, the doors opened. Shaphan entered the room with a woman by the name of Huldah. She was a woman of God, well-respected and a prophetess. Josiah had her sit, and the two spoke of what was to come. Josiah poured out his heart before her. He spoke of his fear that the Lord would punish Judah as he did Israel. Huldah looked at her king with admiration and pity. Listen to the word of the Lord, she said softly. 
Disaster will come upon Judah because they have forsaken me. They continually slip into idolatry and openly provoke me with their wickedness. I will pour out my wrath like molten fire, and it shall not be quenched. A chill shot up Josiah's spine, and his heart began to break. However, she was not finished. Because your heart was humble before God, and you have done your best to reconcile the people to me, destruction shall not come in your lifetime. Josiah raised himself up and beckoned the elders of Israel to the temple. He would not allow this word to quench his devotion to God. He had the priests lay out the scroll before the elders and read from it. The words danced out of the priest's mouth. They filled the air like a sweet aroma. The elders of Israel were enthralled by the word of God pouring into their hearts. Then Josiah led them in a rededication to keeping the Lord's promises. Although the end of Judah was near, God had a plan to redeem his people. The old way was slowly passing and making way for a new and better covenant. A covenant not dependent on the obedience of man, but by the goodness of God himself. Josiah's new promise to God was a mere image of good things to come. However, this new plan would not come without struggle, and there was still much pain to endure. In today's scripture, we meet another young king, crowned as ruler of Judah at just, amazingly, eight years of age. Though he was very young, Josiah did not exhibit the immaturity of many young people. Josiah sat with priests and absorbed everything that he could. At an early age, he was well-studied in God's law, and his heart was fastened onto the ways of God. There's no better way for a young person to begin their life than this. The Bible says, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. When he was just 20 years of age, Josiah began the task of undoing so much of what his father Amon had done in defiling God's land and his people. So Josiah tore down the altars of sin and wickedness, but this was just the beginning. He symbolically crushed the idols into dust and burned the bones of the pagan priests. Josiah meant business. He was cleansing the land of evil in God's name, and the Lord blessed him for it. In the 18th year of his reign, Josiah began to repair God's temple. Like his ancestor David, Josiah knew that although no structure could contain the Lord God, the Lord desired and deserved a place of honor and praise and recognition in the great city of Jerusalem. The temple would call people to worship their God and the one who is always faithful to his own. As the temple was being cleansed and repaired, a priest named Hilkiah came upon a treasure. It did not shine like gold or emeralds, but it was a much greater treasure for God's people. Hilkiah found a scroll containing the law of Moses. This may not seem like a big deal to you and me, but to the people of Judah, this was a reminder of the trustworthiness of God and the generational connection they had with their past and the great leader of the nation, Moses, who delighted to deliver God's law and to keep God's law. But as joyous as this discovery was, as the scroll was read aloud, Josiah tore his clothes in a sign of mourning. Hearing all that was in God's law, there was no missing the fact that Judah had failed to keep it, not once, but again and again. When confronted with this fact, Josiah sought guidance from the Lord, saying in 2 Chronicles 34, 21, 
Go, inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us, because our fathers have not kept the word of God to do according to all that is written in his book. Josiah knew that they must repent of all the wrong that they had done. Repentance means that you're going in one direction, the wrong way, but you turn around and meet God and trust Him and go in a brand new direction with new conviction. We may try to justify our sin or the way that we're living our life, the direction we're going, but it's always a mistake to run from God, to walk away from God, and it's always the right thing to do to return to Him. Josiah sent Shaphan, one of his governors, to find a prophet to inquire of the Lord. Shaphan returned with a prophetess named Huldah. She heard Josiah's words and his convictions and responded with the truth of God's word. Judah had indeed been unfaithful and disobedient, and for this they would be judged and feel the wrath of God. But because of Josiah's earnest attempts to make things right, disaster would not come in his lifetime. Though this may have brought some comfort, unlike Hezekiah before him, Josiah was grieved at the eventual judgment that would come upon his people. He called the priest and the people to dedicate themselves to the Lord and not turn again from him. Josiah was committed to keeping the Lord's commandments, even though destruction was coming to Judah ultimately. And while Judah would endure punishment and God's wrath, the Lord had not abandoned his people. Rescue would one day come and God would send the ultimate answer to the problem of sin and judgment in the world. He would send the Messiah, the Savior. The Lord himself would come to be our Savior. Dear God, thank you for Josiah's example of goodness and faithfulness. Thank you for the lesson that we've heard today on repentance and seeking your face and turning from our evil ways. Help us, too, to repent and not make excuses when we sin. In Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make prayer a priority along with Bible study in your life. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure and share it with someone you know because it can truly make a difference in someone else's life. And if you want more resources on how you can know the Bible and live the Christian life, Contact me at jackgraham.org. That's jackgraham.org for many resources that will help you in your walk with God. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. 
Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.